Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 30. Today in the podcast, we're hearing from six whitetail experts on their ideal rut hunting setup. Enjoy. Alright, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. Today is actually a bonus mini episode of the podcast, but since it's early November and the whitetail rut is on, we're pulling out all the stops to keep you well informed and ready for big bucks. So there will be two episodes this week. How about that? That said, today we're actually going to be sharing with you an exclusive sneak peek at our Rules of the Rut 2.0 podcast series. As you've probably heard about already, earlier this year I launched the Rules of the Rut 2.0, a digital product package comprised of two ebooks and three podcasts featuring some of the top whitetail hunters in the country covering all things related to the rut. Today, I wanted to share with you an excerpt from the second podcast in that series in which we discuss rut hunting stand sites. For this section, I asked six incredible whitetail hunters to describe their ideal rut hunting setup in detail. In this section, you'll hear from Bernie Berenger, Scott Bestel, Randy Hines, Don Higgins, Jeff Sturgis, and Dan Infault. If you like what you hear, be sure to visit wiredtohunt.com slash rulesoftherut to download the full package with the two ebooks and three podcasts, jam-packed with more great rut hunting information. That all said, let's dive right into our excerpt from the Rules of the Rut 2.0 podcast series, part two. Welcome back to the Rules of the Rut podcast series. This is part two. To this point, we've talked about the timing of the rut, characteristics of the various phases of the rut, and deer behavior at this time of year. Now, many have said that hunting during the rut is as simple as hunting long hours and hoping for a big buck to eventually waltz by. And while, of course, long hours in the stand are important, 
that's not everything. As they say, it's about being in the right place at the right time. With that said, in this podcast episode, we're going to be focused on tree stand placement and setup philosophies for the rut. In short, everything you need to know to make sure you are in the right place when that buck of your dreams comes moving through. In this section, we asked several of our whitetail experts what their ideal rut hunting setup would look like. Their answers are loaded with wisdom that you can apply during your own hunts. So get out a piece of paper and get ready to take notes. To kick things off, here's Bernie Berenger, an accomplished outdoor writer, the author of The Freelance Bowhunter, and a blogger at bowhuntingroad.com. I think my perfect rut stand would be in a pinch point that is leading between bedding areas. Um, bucks know where the does bed and they tend to just rotate back and forth and they, they travel a lot. They're on their feet during the day, uh, during the peak of the rut. And so that pinch point would be something that funnels down those deer into a narrow area where there's a tree that you can get in and have the wind right and just be in a situation where your your odds are high of having one of those deer that are on their feet come by you. And um, a lot of people would prefer to be, you know, be in an area where there's just doe concentrations or where the does are feeding or whatever. But I think during the peak of the rut, it's better to actually be in a, in a travel zone that actually narrows down the um, the travel pattern, like it might be an outside bend of a river that's more difficult for them to cross, so it narrows down the, the pathway along the top of a ridge or the bottom of the, of the ridge below by the river, or it might be, uh, you know, some wide, long-running barriers with open areas on both sides that would pinch these deer down. And uh, so if you can find bedding areas where, where you know the deer are bedding and get on something between them, that's probably your best situation and when i'm looking for this site i'm going to look i'm going to think high and think low i guess is the way i put it you know i'm looking at the ridge tops or i'm going to look at a creek bottom or something like that that's where the deer tend to prefer to travel and that can be based on the wind direction and if you're on a ridge top it's especially good because you have wind that's coming up the ridge and carrying your scent up and away from the ground so you can hunt 360 a little bit better than you can down in a bottom next we've got randy hines Outdoor writer and blogger at 365whitetail.com. Um, ideal stand site would be um, in between where I know that a buck is going to be, or I should say where I know a buck is most likely to be cruising for does. Um, these are going to be a lot of funnels, and I hunt a lot of funnels during the rut. Uh, like last year, um, I mean, we hunt this little strip of property that, no one wants to hunt there, um, but I know that on the other side of it is a piece of private property. No one can hunt. It's very thick. So during the actual, you know, if you want to call it the uh, the hunter's rut, I think as the daughters call it, or you want to call it the chase phase, uh, the does go to that spot because it's very thick, and they're trying to hide from the bucks. Um, during you know that phase of the rut. These bucks are still cruising from a large portion of timber through that funnel 
into where those does are. Now, the does obviously want nothing to do with them, but that's where I would say would be a uh, premier stand um, spot or where I would want to have a stand. Continuing on, here's Scott Bestel again of Field and Stream with his take on the ideal rut hunting stand. Um, I'm, I'm a really big, I'm a big terrain hunter. Um, I see, I see white-tailed deer hunting a lot, like uh, like fishing, you know, for trout or, or bass. And you know, you look at you look at a lake or a river, and you you know, you're looking at um, you know structure and water flow and you know, and you're asking yourself, okay, if I was a if I was a fish, where would I be laying? And if I was a really big fish that was kind of picky about where he sat and, and waited for food or breathing or whatever he's going to do, you know, where would I be? And I, um, I'm so I'm a lot the same way with, with deer. I, I try to read terrain, figure out how deer, especially bucks, are going to move through terrain. I think they do it a little more discreetly than does, and they also do it um, a little more lazily. Um, you know, a doe will cut out and you know, run to point B from point A, you know, at the most, you know, I guess obvious point. A lot of times uh, bucks don't do that. They prefer to be hidden, but they always have, seem to have these kind of covert travel that help them, you know, cover the distance efficiently. So anyway, I'm a big terrain hunter. I like to sit in funnels um, and especially uh, kind of addendum to that, um, funnels close to whatever the hot food source is right, right now, especially that, you know, you refer to the early November time frame. Um, I think, you know, does drive the rut. I mean, where the does are is, is where it's going to happen, and so you have to know what those does are feeding on. So I'm looking for a terrain funnel near the best food source that's hold the most does. Next, we've got Don Higgins again, as he shares his own thoughts on the perfect spot to be during the rut. Well, during the uh, early phases of the rut, uh, I like to be on the downwind edge of, of thick bedding cover. And... Uh, those bucks, just, for one thing, a mature buck is always going to use his nose. Uh, and if you're on the downwind edge of that bedding cover, that is the perfect place for a buck to cruise through. He can smell that cover for a hot doe, but he can also detect any danger, any hunters that might be in that cover. So if you're right on the edge, you know, you can, be, you can position yourself where he cannot smell you, but yet he can still do what he wants to do by smelling that cover. And uh, actually, when I do seminars, I've got a video clip that I show of, of how bucks use the wind. And there's one part of that clip where I'm sitting the edge of a uh, of a thicket in the early rut. And in one morning, I think I had eight or ten bucks cruise that edge of the thicket. And every one of them was doing the same thing, you know, using the wind to check that cover. And... Uh, you know, that's something that's my ideal stand site right on the downwind edge of that uh, good bedding cover. Jeff Sturgis also chimed in on this topic, and he had a very specific situation in mind. Yes, I can. <laughs> I love, uh, I you know, I love to hunt early season uh, near food sources, water holes. I love to hunt the late season food source, uh, muzzleloader and, and bow. Um, but boy, my favorite time to hunt in the woods is that last week of October, first week of November, we get those uh, really good cold fronts that come through. And, again, you know, you have these temperatures, and it, it's all relative. It really doesn't matter if the high temperatures have been in the low 50s or the mid-70s. When you get that 15, 20-degree temperature drop and you get that rising uh, barometric pressure, you have calm, cold, clear skies. I love to go in the morning, and I love to sit between 
remote bedding areas. A lot of these stands that I will go into, I haven't sat in uh, since the previous year. Might take a look at them in May, uh, June, clean out a couple sticks here and there. But other than that, uh, really waiting for those calm, cold front conditions. I'm going in. Those are the, the toe-numbing mornings. And if your toes are numb in the morning like that and you're wearing some knee boots, then you know, you know it's the right conditions. But um, those morning cold fronts, whether they're between bedding areas or close to bedding areas, um, you know, in a line of, in a long line of uh, deer coming from food, um, great morning condition. And then on the, the flip side of that, um, those are the exact areas you don't want to be in the evening because all those deer are heading back to the food source. And so again, I'll, I'll, I rarely sit in a stand all day. I'll, I'll take my prime, uh, highly preferred morning stand, and I'll flip back to an evening food stand for the evening so I can sit in a high-value stand the entire day. But those mornings, I just think over 80% of my mature bucks have been shot uh, in the morning and over 80% uh, uh, using the stand for the first time for the year. Finally, here's Dan Infall founder of TheHuntingBeast.com and a notorious big buck hunter that has been featured several times in Field & Stream magazine. In this segment, Dan shares his thought process on how to choose a stand setup based on situation. I mean, it really depends on the terrain I'm in and if I'm hunting a specific buck. Um, Like if I'm going on a travel trip, like a road trip, um, let's say hilly country, I'm going to have, in advance before I even go there, I'm going to look at a topo map and pick out the funnels um, that connect large areas areas of hills. Um, that would be like a, a leeward side hillside is where I'm going to expect them to run back and forth to these different areas. Um, but that's totally different than if I'm hunting, sit around home where I know where there's a buck, and I'm targeting that animal. I'm going to be targeting him where I think he's going to move. You know, so it's uh, trained uh, specific and where I'm hunting. So let's let's dive in deeper. The first thing you just mentioned there being terrain. I know that you, you know, as you mentioned, you use that a lot in your hunting strategy. Can you give us a little more detail specifically about what terrain features you're looking for during the rut and how you would specifically set up on those? Okay, um, hilly country is the easiest in rut for me um, because um, bucks travel the um, top third of ridges, the top third height. Um, where they like to walk is where the wind comes over the tops and the thermals come up from the bottom where they meet. There's what I call a wind tunnel and they can actually smell above and below them by following that ridge line on that side. So that's where they like to cruise. Um, so once you realize that you can, you know, you can take a topo map and you could just like, uh, look at the top thirds and like mark it up. That's where most of your daylight action is going to be. Um, so now if you take the wind direction, and you just look at the leeward sides, you can erase two-thirds of that, and really you got very little left. And it's really easy to narrow down to the exact spots you should be in. Are you using any type of funnels like saddles or anything too, to set up on, or is it purely those ridgelines? I'm usually looking for narrow spots in those ridgelines. What I really like the most is to, to uh, hunt at the head of a draw. Um, and the reason being is that uh, that cruise line will fluctuate up and down that hill a little bit, and sometimes you're a little off, the buck's below you or it's above you, but you get to the top of one of those draws, and all those trails will come together in a narrow spot. Okay. Now, how about 
when it comes to bedding areas? I know you put a premium on hunting bedding areas specifically for bucks, but during the rut, are you still paying as much attention to buck bedding areas or are you shifting your attention to those doe bedding areas? Um, both. Um, doe bedding areas are very important for cruising bucks. And that's basically what I'm, what you're um, taking into consideration when you're sitting up on those funnels is those bucks are cruising from doe bedding area to doe bedding area and trying to get the uh, scent of any does in between. And then they go to doe feeding areas, you know, and they'll skirt the sides of fields or wherever, searching for does. So you're trying to hit them on the funnels. However, um, and there'd probably be some people that would argue with me on this, but I don't think the biggest bucks, the oldest ones, the more mature ones, cruise as much as those young ones they might make a mistake or two but it's usually the two and three-year-olds that do all that cruising but a three-year-old can be a really big buck in wisconsin that can be a boon and crockett easy but you know we're all dreaming of those mature bucks the biggest bucks i've killed in rut have been in their bedding areas in the bucks bedding areas when are you are you getting those bucks when they come back to bed in the morning or are you getting them just before they take off again in the you know evening or even midday when they're out cruising for does again well, during the rut, it's a little different than uh, than outside of the season. They usually ha- they have rut bedding areas, and if you can figure out where those are, they're usually adjacent to a doe bedding area. Um, those can be really hot during that time frame, and um, those bucks tend to get back to the bedding areas even during the rut, right at gray light. Um, but they get up in the evening real early, so it's easiest to hit them at the bedding areas in the, in the afternoon. short but sweet excerpt from the Rules of the Rut 2.0 that hopefully you found just as interesting as I did. If you'd like to hear the rest of this podcast and the other two in the series and get the two full ebooks included, just visit wiredtohunt.com slash rules of the rut. The Rules of the Rut 2.0 package costs $11.99, but as one Wired to Hunt reader Derek Diaz announced on Twitter, it is without a doubt the best 12 bucks he's ever spent on hunting gear. Thank you in advance for your support. Proceeds from the Rules of the Rut 2.0 are helping keep the Wired to Hunt podcast on air and a roof over my head, so thank you. Moving on, as always, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We're now officially over 100 reviews, which is awesome, so thanks so much for that. Finally, we'd like to thank our partners who help make this show possible as well. Big thanks to Sika Gear, Trophy Ridge, Bear Archery, Redneck Blinds, Carbon Express Arrows, Huntsoft, Lacrosse Boots, Big and J Long Range Attractants, and the Whitetail Institute of North America. That all said, thanks so much for joining us today on this bonus episode of the Wired to Hunt podcast. I hope you've been spending some long hours in the tree stand, and maybe even have filled your tag with a big rutting buck. Until next time, hunt hard, have fun, and stay wired to hunt. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. 
Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.